Welcome to episode 165 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network with a slew of fine shows you should check out uh, pretty much every day of the week. So do yourself a favor and uh, check out thedorkening.com and throwdownthursday.com to find all of our shows. And uh, we are also brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, reminding you that once you go deadly, you don't go back. That doesn't rhyme, but still, don't give me that look. (laughs) So I am joined, as always, by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is the real housewife of Transylvania, the mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters. Ladies and gentlemen, Asher's my nightmare. So... Have you ever been really, really, really excited to try something? Like, super excited to try something. Like, you've waited a long time to try something. And then you try it, and it's not it's not good. Is that rosé you're referring to? Yeah, it's, it's this wine that I'm currently drinking. And uh, this specific vineyard, I'm not going to tell you who it is, because it's actually one of my favorite vineyards. They make excellent wines like we have partaken of these wines for years at this point and i love everything that they do for the most part and they've recently come out with a rosé over the past couple of years and i've been really excited to try it and it's been will you <laughs> stop holding the cat up to the microphone I'm podcasting you're 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 podcasting yeah podcasting you can keep going. Okay, I didn't know if We've I got dead I, air I didn't here. want I didn't want to interrupt her. I didn't know if she had anything to say. This is zombie, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I was really eager to try the rosé, and I finally tried it. And I'm just I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little less than enthused about it. It's I, not bad. Does it need to be not, chilled? Well, I I thought maybe. Chilling it would help. I mean, rosé can go both ways. Because um, that doesn't taste chilled. It is. It's oh, slightly chilled. Um, yeah, it's just it's sour. It has a sour taste to it, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I'm not loving it. I mean, I'm still going to drink it because I, I paid for it. I bought it, and I've been so excited to try it. I'm, I'm going to continue to drink it. But, but yeah, I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed right now. Yeah, I uh, I can get that. I get that. Like, the first time I tried kale, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We can have a kale sarole or a kale sedia. And nope. Like Jim Gaffigan said, kale tastes like bug spray. So we didn't go with that. But uh, speaking of kale sarole and kale sedia, you know where they serve that? Welcome to McChickies. What can I put in your beak? That's right. They serve that at Bob's Burgers. So today, we are going to be discussing... The owner, proprietor, CEO, president, secretary, treasurer, uh, first husband of Bob's Burgers, uh, Mr. Robert Belcher. You know him better. Come meet our family. Let us meet you. Meet me. Come meet our family. Let us meet you. You know, meet as an Bob's Burgers. Open Monday through Friday. Also, also Saturday, Saturday and, and Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about Bob Belcher from the TV show Bob's Burgers. He is the eponymous Bob. And um, 
what we decided we wanted to do as a, a way of kind of getting into character, our, our segment this week, is we wanted to talk about our favorite TV dads from animated series. So there's a lot of them. There is there's 70 years almost worth. Like, like when I sat back, down to really think about this, I was like, wow, there's a lot of animated TV dads. Well, I mean, out you there. think think back, you know, uh, you know, you, and it's not just dads; it's also like Father patriarchal figures. figures. Yes, because I that's kind of where I was looking with my with my list. But um, if you have a list different from ours, we definitely want to hear it from you. Like, let us know. Hit us up, TD Thursday Pod on Twitter. Uh, throw it on Thursday podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know. And uh, we're going to have an article of, uh, you know, with, with our top TV dads, you know, maybe with a uh, top 10 TV dads of all time, in our opinion, post it to the website. So you can kind of take a look and see if your list matches ours. Let us know because we'll post that to Facebook. So you have multiple opportunities to, to weigh in. So, Ashes, uh, start with number three. Who's your number three? Okay, so my number three actually goes to a super cool animated TV dad. I'm talking about Stu Pickles from Rugrats. And why did you choose him? Uh, Because he's such a weirdo. Like, he is kind of the uh, uh, almost epitome of being a grown-up, doing grown-up things, but still maintaining that young-at-heart-ness. Yeah, because he was an inventor, but he invented a lot of stuff for his kids to use as well. And his his children and their friends were the inspiration to a lot of his inventions. Granted, a lot of his inventions also failed, but, you know, he was imaginative and he was able to kind of think outside of the box and, you know, and still provide for his family, even though his his wife, Dee Dee, and his brother, Drew, uh kind of urged him to get a quote you know real job um he stuck with it and did what he loved and you know was able to be there for his kids and i just i've I've always thought that was really cool see for me uh i'm going with uh actually a character who is relatively new to the uh, animated scene uh but is nonetheless just as impactful and that's uh frank murphy from f is for family uh, if you've listened to our uh, our our interviews with Mike Price, you've you've heard us talk about Frank a few times, and uh, Frank is voiced by Bill Burr, the comedian. And I'm a huge fan of Frank because, unlike some of the other characters we're going to name, uh, he's very grounded and realistic. Like he doesn't have these crazy, wacky adventures where like happenstance puts him in. Uh, you know, some sort of situation where he's a bodyguard for the mayor or he's shooting off into space and, you know, living on Mars and teaching classes at Mars University. Like, he's just a guy who works at an airport trying to keep his kids in line, hoping his kids will do well in school, you know, drink beer and watch Colt Luger on TV when, he, you know, when he's come home from a long day at work. You know, he's got to deal with his co-workers and his neighbors and his you know, his, uh, his in-laws, you know, so he's a more grounded reality type character, but that doesn't take anything away from how impactful he is. He's, he's a great character and Bill Bird does a great job bringing him to life. And that whole crew over at F is for family, uh, does a great job writing for him. So who's number two for you? 
So my number two spot goes to none other than Randy Marsh from South Park. Randy Marsh is also Lord, by the way. So if you hear Lord song on yeah, the yeah, radio, yeah. that's yeah, Randy yeah, Marsh. Yeah, I am Lord. Um, he's kind of your typical dad, but not your typical dad at the same time. So he is a geologist, which is really cool. Go science. And he's so down for his family and he does, you know, whatever he needs to do to, you know, uh, make ends meet for his family for the most part. But again, he's also a fucking weirdo. And, you know, he has passions and hobbies like cooking. He the is, Cream Freesh episode. He is also Cream willing Frisch. to dress up as Spider-Man and swing through uh, a performance of Wicked to save his daughter, Shelly. From being subliminally, subliminally brainwashed into giving her boyfriend a blowjob. He is also willing to become a Dungeons and Dragons World, World of Warcraft-like character and go in and save his son and his friends. It could be the end the of the world. Evil troll. Of Warcraft. Stan? Yes, Dad. Stan. He's also willing to brave global Stan. warming. And bear ba- man bear pig? Yes. Uh, my number two is uh, the guy, like, again, he's not technically a dad. In this case, he's actually a nephew. But he is undoubtedly the patriarch of the Planet Express family. Uh, and he even refers to them as such. He says, I always thought of you as a sort of like a source of cheap labor, like a family. <laughs> and that, of course, would be Dr. Hubert Farnsworth from Futurama. Now, again, he is technically main character Philip J. Fry's nephew, great, 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 etc. nephew. Uh, but he is, because he's 165 years old, he is, you know, easily the one with the most experience, the most life... Uh, Life choices, the most uh, interesting adventures. So a lot of times when folks don't know what to do, they kind of turn to him because he's usually got some sort of wacky invention. Not unlike Stu Pickles. Uh, he's got some sort of wacky invention. And uh, he's able to, you know, and he's invent the, his way out. He's the bringer of good news. He is. Good for news, everyone. everyone. And, of course, brought to life by the phenomenal... Uh, Billy West. Who has voiced not only several voices on Futurama, yes. but just in general. Stimpy. Doug Funny. Roger yeah. Fox. So he's, you know, if you've, you know, if you've listened to our show before, you know, we're a huge fan of, you know, behind the scenes actors and like the different characters that they portray. So I just want to throw that out there. So. Ashes, you have a, an honorable mention as well. I do. So my honorable mention is Nigel Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries. And not only because this character is voiced by Tim Curry, who we all know I love and adore, but Nigel Thornberry is absolutely bonkers. And I love it. He brings his family on these crazy adventures. He could have taken a job, I believe, as like a an Oxford professor or something along, like a professor in a college. Um, but he turned that down because that's just not where his passion was. And he's he's able to follow, you know, his dream and do what he loves 
and provide for his family, uh, giving them great stories to tell and even saving his family at times. He's one of the greatest characters on that show. And I just, I think he's super cool. Like I used to watch it and be like, oh, I kind of wish Nigel Thornberry was my dad. You would have gone on a lot more adventures. This is true. Who's my, yours? my honorable mention goes to Dr. Thaddeus S. Uh, Rusty Venture of the Venture Brothers. He is voiced by the talented James Urbaniak. Uh, Dr. Venture is another guy, you know, very similar to Hubert Farnsworth, where he's an inventor. Um, he's also rather cold and indifferent to his children. But as you watch the show, you find out why. And part of it has to do with where the kids come from. And part of it has to do with how he was raised by his father, who is like a he man scientist, uh, kind of like how uh, on the Simpsons Halloween episode, John Frank talks about his father, who is a he man scientist who worked on the atom bomb at, uh, during the day and at night slept with Marilyn Monroe and sold secrets to the Russians at lunch. Uh, his dad was the same way and kind of uh, neglected and ignored him. But, you know, and he's very much the same way with his kids, although his kids, uh, Hank and Dean, are they're a bit weird. But I, uh, if you're unfamiliar with the show, uh, hopefully we'll be covering some of these characters uh, in, the, in the coming months. So, naturally, Ashes, we have to know who's your number one. So... My number one slot goes to none other than the man of the hour, the character that we are talking about today, Mr. Bob Belcher. I love Bob's Burgers. I cannot put into words how much I love this show. It's kind of like my Simpsons. Everyone knows that Patsy is a huge Simpsons fan. Bob's Burgers is my Simpsons. I can quote it. I can watch the same episodes over and over and over again and not get sick of them. I love these characters so much. So obviously I'm going to choose Bob Belcher as my number one choice. And we'll go into uh, the character a little bit more later. But yeah, Bob. Okay. And mine, as there should be 0.0 surprise from anyone that my number one is, of course, Huckleberry Hound. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, Homer Simpson. Is he Simpson. even a dad? Uh, I don't know if he... I, I don't know. I remember, like, a smaller dog. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of the other dogs, the brown dogs. The, dro- the droopy? Not droopy. Droop? Uh, Droops McGee or something? No, you're thinking of Quick Draw McGraw, but he was a horse. Uh, no, there was a, a couple of dads. There was a dad and, like, a younger dog, and they looked exactly like each other, and one of them kind of talked like uh oh what the hell's his name scooby-doo no not scooby-doo at all because that was his nephew scrappy-doo is his nephew yes. not his son no uh ah, uh augie doggy i think is his name something like that augie doggy it's 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 a, it's a hanna-barbera thing um, i mean it kind of kind of sounds like a thing and he was uh Hold on, let me see if I can look it up. Because uh, they have a... I forget his name. I'd have to look at him. Oh, it's not... There we go. Yeah, it is Augie Doggy. Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy. That's that's the <laughs> name. And they look exactly the same, except the son, 
Augie wears wears a green shirt, and his dad wears a collar. So, yeah. So I knew I was right. All right, but no, not not him. It's Homer Simpson. It's got to be Homer Simpson because who else has done more for animated dads? I was going to say probably anywhere. one of the greatest animated dads of all time. Almost seven hundred episodes, thirty goddamn years. Like, and you know, so many people are you know, at least influenced, if not blatant plagiarism of this character. Like, you know, if you look at early Peter Griffin, definitely a Homer Simpson ripoff. Mm-hmm. But again, Homer is... Simpsons did it. Homer's kind of a ripoff of Fred Flintstone. I kind Yeah, he's got of, some Fred Flintstone kind in him. Kind of. No, he definitely, he, he loves bowling. He's got an unreasonably attractive wife. He's a big, hefty guy who likes to eat all the time. My God, you might be describing yourself right now. Right. He's got, (laughs) I've said many a time, and uh, powerful Brandon can attest to this, uh, he and I both suffer from Fred Flintstone syndrome, where we are big, heavy set uh, dudes who have inexplicably attractive wives. And he will 100% back me up on this, because this is a conversation that we've had. So... That's our list. Uh, definitely let us know who is on your list. Yeah, because we, we definitely want to know. So I think what we'll do, we'll take a quick break. I mean, I don't think that. I know that's what we're going to do because I'm about ready to click the button to play the break. <laughs> so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we have decided to forego our normal bre- coming back from break music with uh, clips from the show. A because little something special. Because we love you guys, and if you're not familiar with Bob, we want you to be familiar oh, with Oh, you Bob. will be. So, uh, yeah, we'll be right back after these brief messages. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too. And deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. again everyone it's mr most days off from the best darn diddly review show here with a special message for you from richie the whiz kid you know a town without best darn diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel no one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it name's whiz kid richie the whiz kid and i come before you good fans of springfield with probably the greatest podcast uh it's not for you it's more of a shelbyville podcast now you wait here just a minute we're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to Best Darn Diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. This is Emma. You're listening to Showdown Sunday. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Stuff happens in the bathroom I'm just glad that it happens in a vacuum Can't let them see me with my pants down Go 
posters magazine is gonna be my big chance now But I'll be out of here in no time I'll be doing interviews and feeling just fine Today is gonna be a great day I'll do coasters magazine and blow everyone away Hey, there we go. You know, it works way better when you turn your microphone back on. Oh, hey, my microphone's oh, on. Look at that. <laughs> I I was going for several seconds. You guys won't hear because I'm going to edit that out because, you know, nobody wants to hear silence on their radio show. But I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the, the sound waves on the on the recording. Broke it. And I'm like, why is it blank? Like, why did it stop recording? I'm like, oh, right, because I turned off my microphone while the ads were on. Oh, Jesus I told you, I am still getting used to doing this. This is what we call a learning experience. Yeah, and I learned that I'm just not going to talk during the breaks. We'll just turn off, we'll leave the microphones on so we don't screw stuff up like I just did. Although you won't hear the screw up and you'll be wondering why we're talking about it. Maybe I'll leave it. I don't, I, whatever. I don't know. It's I'm just a wacky old character, just like Bob. Now, one of the things I have to say about Bob and what was, about Bob? I was thinking about this during the break. Bob is socially awkward. He was stunted uh, in his, let's say, adolescent development by his dad. I think Bob is, you know, a, a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. But... He doesn't know how to handle social situations all that well all the time because he's got a very addictive personality. And we see that it's actually passed him. Uh, he's passed that on to his daughter, Tina, who gets addicted to espresso and coffee for a while. And butts. Well, I mean, that's that's just her budding sexuality. See what I did there? <laughs> but Bob, on, on several occasions, overdoes... Uh, how do I want to put this? He overdoes the substances. We see him get absolutely wasted on absinthe in one episode. Oh, that's that's a great Thanksgiving episode. It is. With Lance the turkey. He also... My name's Lance. He also uh, can't handle his painkillers, as we've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, when he ruins his wrist playing video games, he overdoes it to the point where he's hallucinating that children are uh, characters from Burger Boss. And he even tells them, in order to get along, that they should both smile and then press their smiles together. Um, and we see him overdoing it on the pain medication when he hurts his back at the uh, the ladies. Helen's, oh, Helen's, Helen's, Helen's uh, beach house. Yes. And then proceeds to tell Helen that he, his wife, Linda, thinks that Helen is a murderer. Because he's had like four, I don't know, Percocets? Vicodin? Vicodin, some, something, something that makes you feel good. Because he was flying. But that's, his, you know, he, he gets drunk a lot. Well, not a lot, but whenever he there's alcohol involved, he doesn't know how to sh- turn it off. Like the episode we just watched the other day, where he's uh, making dinner for the fraternity, 
And he's like, well, maybe I'll just have one Freedom. more beer. And then he's singing uh, Alanis Morissette karaoke and drinking from a, a, a dead lizard's ass. So I'm just saying that's what it... But he also put that same passion and enthusiasm into his burgers. I still want to try, because we have the Bob's Burgers cookbook. We do. I still want to try the meat saya. Unfortunately, that is one of two uh, two burgers that... Uh, are not included. I, yeah, see, Bob, Bob, like me, likes his wordplay and his puns, and his kids like to mess with him, so... He has the, uh, you know, like the never been feta burger, which it comes with feta cheese. The, the as gouda as it gets burger, which obviously has gouda cheese. And so the first episode, his, his daughter Louise decides she's going to change the burger of the day. I forget what the hell it is now. To the child molester, and it, it comes, comes with, with candy. candy. The, that's the other one that's not in the. It's not in the book. That was the first thing I, don't I looked think the, for. Uh, the foot feta ish burger. Oh yeah, the is foot feta ish well. is not in there. But that's the never been feta burger that right. he that they changed the board to say. You know, then there's the chard to a crisp that comes with Swiss chard. So there's some there's some good stuff in there, but it's Bob's passion for these quote unquote gimmick burgers or joke burgers. That led to his estrangement from his father. Why don't you tell us that story? So, Bob growing up, he grew up in the restaurant business. His father owned a diner. His grandfather before him also owned a restaurant. So, being a restaurant owner and and cooking and whatnot, that, that, it's in his blood. It, it's what he does and it's what he loves to do. So, he was helping his father run the diner. And his father had to leave. For some medical emergency, um, or no, it was a prostate exam. Oh, so so medical, and he related. didn't know what a prostate exam was. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, so while Bob was running the kitchen, he decided to take some creative liberties and makes this this recipe that he invented called the baby you can chive my car burger and he offered it to a guy who normally it was henry normally gets a tuna melt every single day he was a regular at the restaurant and the difference between bob and big bob that's bob's dad is big bob is a as a stickler for routine he has a set menu he doesn't stray from the menu everything is as is there's no substitution status quo Right. Bob, on the other hand, is a dreamer. He loves to be creative. He loves to come up with different ideas and recipes and loves to play around and experiment a little bit. So Bob took this opportunity to experiment. So when the regular came in and ordered his usual, Bob took the opportunity to make him his baby you can chive my car burger. And... Which looked like a car with pickle yeah, wheels. Yeah, little like little fried pickle wheels on it, and it actually looks. And that's a recipe that's in the in the cookbook as well. Yes. Um, but it looks really cute. It looks like a car. And Big Bob returns just before the regular is about to take a bite, and Big Bob is not happy. 
and causes this huge riff. You know, it's kind of like, well, why did why didn't you make him what he wanted? And Bob's like, well, you know, he didn't know he wanted this, but now he wants this. And of course, the customer's like, I'll eat anything. Um, so yeah, it kind of kind of paints this picture of how different Bob is from where he came from. And there's also an episode where. Um, some of his old toys, like what is it? His old house was sold or, or what? No, the restaurant was sold. Oh, the restaurant was sold. And they found a box of Bob's old toys. And I use that term loosely, toys. And it was returned to Bob at the restaurant. And he opened it up and it was like a a bar Miss, Mr. Doglovich. It's a bar, bar of, of soap. soap carved in the shape of a dog. And like a part of a spatula. No, it's a full spatula that was a fighter plane in Bob's mind. And he's sitting there and Bob's like, oh, look, it's Mr. Doglovich, you know, fighter plane. And and Linda's sitting there like with a sad look on her on her face. And his kids are sitting around with a sad look on his face. And he's all excited. And and that's when Linda kind of brings up that. You didn't have a great childhood, and it never really dawned on him till that instance. He was like, "Oh my god, I didn't have a great childhood." And that's what I was talking about about his his stunted growth as an adolescent because all he ever did was work, and then he and that's re- that's kind of the mentality that he kind of has growing up, uh, you know, as an adult. But he breaks from that, and I think the fact that he has that creative outlet. And allows his wife and his children to be heavily involved with the restaurant. You know, it, it allows him to be less rigid than how his father was. Well, and that's, that I, I was going to say, that's part of, like, I think, who he is. Because he wasn't able to express himself creatively in any other way except in a restaurant setting. So that's where he came up with all these different... Uh, all these different burgers and these different recipes. You know, like his meat saya. So the meat saya is a concoction that consists of ste- a steak tartare center with a medium well-cooked burger surrounding it and a burger wellington surrounding that. However, in one episode, he does them as sliders, which is unbelievable. Bob has no formal training. He is all 100% self-taught, and he's very good at what he does. Um, as we see, he enters a, a cooking contest. And he doesn't win, but the guy who wins is like this renowned chef that's like, hey, I want to try this burger. It looks amazing, and it has exceptional mouthfeel. Oh, my God. That's what one of the judges kept saying. Um, You're so creepy. But, yeah, like he's got this amazing talent and this ability, but his business acumen isn't great. He's got three kids that he tries to provide for. Um but that's where his wife steps in and he has this very um, kind of like yin and yang relationship with his wife. So Linda is very crazy and out there, whereas Bob can, can be rather reserved at times, but she's the one who handles a lot of the business aspects of the restaurant. So we, which frees Bob up to do a lot of the creative stuff like cooking and creating the burger of the day and, and that's something that's really important to him as well, because if you remember, there's an episode where he cannot think of a burger of the day. And he's the, too stressed. The, the chalkboard that the burger of the day is written on every day is just blank. 
and it's driving him crazy. And his friends are coming in, Teddy and Mort, and questioning Mort like, the mortician. Uh, you know w- what's what's going on with Bob? Like, what's the burger of the day? Like, what's go? You know, what are you doing? What's going on? And and it, it's really uh, it really shows how much that means to him because he's very distraught over the fact that he cannot think of a punny name for the burger of the day. It's like he lost his, his, his burger mojo. Now, you know, you said Linda takes care of all the business stuff, but she's as creative with the business stuff as he is with his recipes. Because as we learned from the episode where she didn't do it, like the lights turn off because Linda has this ridiculous bookkeeping and accounting system where she specific, bills get bounced intentionally so that other things go through and it all works out it's in the very, end. Yeah, but you know what? It's very like realistic because I know a lot of families who run that way. Yes. You know, it know them. <laughs> no, you know, sometimes you you have to Did do you want to eat today? Certain... Well, I was thinking about it. Oh, well, I guess I won't be paying my American Express card. Well, and not only that, she has a very good working relationship with a lot of the people that she's in contact with who, you know, uh, we'll say bill collectors, for lack of a better word. The, bank, the, um, the people at the bank. Right. So she, she has a very good rapport with them. So, you know, she sits there and she's like, oh, and how's your sister? And what are you doing? Oh, are your kids over oh, the gout? Oh, we're going to have to do this, you know, this month so we can do this next month. and. You know, she has a she has a system in place and the system makes sense to her, doesn't make sense to anybody else, but her system works. Right. Now, that's not to say that she's an ideal partner, because you and I have this conversation all the time. Linda Linda is a is saint. Terrible she to Bob. Is a saint. Okay, she there's is an episode a precious where... woman who needs to be just just she deserves everything. Okay, so there's there's an episode where Bob is getting dental work, so he's all drugged up because he has zero pain tolerance. Bob's got a lot of weird medical things, like he passes out if he sees his own blood. Like it's yeah, it's he's weird. What a hemophiliac? Well, hemophiliac, yeah, because he can't clot. Right. So he's yeah. got some hemophilia, but he's also got like I don't know hemophobia because he passes out when he sees his own right. blood. So. Linda sends her sister, Gail, to pick uh, Bob up. And Bob is completely, like, drugged out of his mind. And he thinks it's Linda because he's hallucinating. He's all drugged up. He, he kisses her. He grabs her ass. And she's like, oh, we're dating now. And Bob, you know, being the type of man he is, goes and tells Linda. says, hey, this happened. I'm really sorry. I was drugged out of my mind. I thought it was you. I didn't expect Gail to come pick me up because she doesn't drive, you know, or like anything ever. She barely leaves her house. Um, and Linda's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. He's, and she's like, oh, you just need to you need to encourage her, whatever she wants to do. And, you know, she'll find somebody else like, you know, she did this when I was in high school. She was pretend dating the guy that I was dating. And then she found a, a guy her, of, of her own. And he's like. I don't want to do that. She's like, no, no, no. Whatever she wants to do. He goes, what if she wants to have sex? She goes, whatever, whatever. Just do it. Just do it. He's like, I don't want any part of this. And for the whole episode, Linda is like 
pushing Gail, like, oh, I hear you're dating a new guy. Oh, you're, uh, you know, you know, tell me about him. Oh, is he so handsome? Oh, isn't he great? And, you know, Gail's trying to do everything she can to get Bob alone. And Bob's trying to get away and get out of this situation as much as he possibly can. And he's like, Linda, I don't want to do this. Linda, I don't want to do this. Linda, I don't want to do this. She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. So finally, there's a skiing accident. Bob falls, cracks one of his teeth. And because they're trying to get, they're trying to set up Gail with their dentist, Dr. Yap. And he cracks one of his teeth and Gail like hops on top of him and starts kissing him and groping at him. And he's trying to get away. And Linda sees it. She goes, oh, my God, Bob, how could you? And slapped him in the face with his broken tooth. In Linda's defense. In Linda's defense, she wanted this to happen. In Linda's defense. Her sister Gail is a piece of work. Yeah, but Bob's like, I want no part of this. No, 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 do it. And then when it happens, even though Bob is still resisting, she slaps him in the face, causing him more pain. Even though this was her idea the whole time. She is terrible. What did she do with Bob's espresso machine? She sold it. Why did she sell it? So she could get baseball lessons for Jean. And, and because get, Tina was addicted to the espresso. Did she get Tina baseball? Was she spent out $500. $500. And was this from a reputable baseball person? It appeared so. It didn't appear so because he is also the prince of persuasia who teaches you how to corner women. He is also the Iceman of Inkjet Printer Repair. He is not at all reputable. Even his website was garbage. She was just trying to do something nice for her son. Who didn't want to play baseball to begin with. He had already said it. The only thing he liked about it were the capris, which Bob's like, no, those are baseball pants. He did not like doing it, and she was forcing him to do it, and lost $500. Now, when you are struggling financially, like the Belchers are, like he doesn't get anybody anything for Christmas, she's like, oh, I want a whiteboard. You know, Tina, I want a whiteboard for Christmas. Like, yeah, we can't afford any of that. Like, Louise wants an apartment. She's like, yeah, I can't, we can't afford this because... Well, I mean, she's also eight. You're not going to get an eight-year-old an apartment. Right. But he even tells Tina that they can't afford a whiteboard for Christmas. That's how tight money is. And Linda's like, oh, $500. Why don't I just flush that down the toilet? She did not. She was trying to do something nice for her son. Who didn't want it to begin with. But you know he what? He would have been happy was, with a whoopee cushion. He was so happy when he hit the ball. He was, he was also happy eating wet garbage cardboard. So let's not conflate the two things here. But anyways, Bob will pretty much do anything for his family. He shaved his trademark mustache off once. He did, because it was Tina's 16th birthday. He also shaved his legs. For Tina. And, and Jean. He d- and he dressed up like an equestronaut. An equestical. Or an equestical. It's an equestronaut fan with testicles. It's kind of like the Bob's Burgers my little pony it's the analog of it's the, yeah, it's the analog yes. to to bronies like you know so bob bob is a dedicated father he will do anything for his kids but 
they don't always return the favor. A lot of times they are very, very mean to him. But not only his kids, he'll do anything for his friends as well. Like if you think of the episodes where he didn't Stuntman training? Yes, yes. He didn't realize that Teddy, the regular at, well, one of the regulars at his restaurant, was you know, his best friend. And he found out that Teddy, uh, his Teddy's doctor told him to kind of cut down on. Cause Teddy on eats a sodium. burger every single day. Right. At and, least and once. Bob's like, even I don't eat a burger every day. And I run the burger restaurant. Like, what are you doing? You know? Um, so Bob tries to trick him by giving him what, like a veggie burger, turkey burger, turkey burger, yeah, which which just pisses Teddy off. So in return, like he ends up going to this stuntman boot camp because he Teddy. agreed to go jogging with him first. Right, he agreed to work out with him, and you know it's not something that he wanted to do. It's not something that he had to do, but he did it. And come to find out, you know, like Teddy pretty much is his best friend, and that's that again goes to. Bob's stunted development as an adolescent because he didn't spend time playing with his friends right. and well, because building he peer bonds. He doesn't think of him as like a friend. It's like, oh, he's he's a guy who patrons my my establishment. Right. But had like, he had this, you know, this these relationships with other kids his age growing up, instead of just working at the the burger place all the time, that's you know he would have been able to recognize, hey, this is my friend. This is someone who you know, has done stuff for me. I've done stuff for them. Like we've, you know, there's a, there's a reciprocity here between the two of us that goes beyond patronage of the burger joint because, you know, they've hired Teddy to do repairs around the house, you know, and, you know, other and, and stuff. to come, to come save him from the crawl space incident, babysit their kids. Yep. You know, but again, that's, you know, I think Bob just has that, um, that stunted uh, person. Like, I'm amazed he was able to get married. But Linda's just as whacked out of her mind as as. But she pulls Bob out of his shell too, because the episode where they go to cake, he didn't want to go to cake. Cake is kind of like rent, but everyone's just playing patty cake. No, it's like stomp. Stomp. Sorry, not it's rent. It's like stomp, stomp or clump, or but everyone's doing the whole patty cake thing and he becomes obsessed with he cake. becomes a patty daddy <laughs> that's what they're called when he runs into the guidance counselor that's what that's what he calls them <laughs> what up my knitter <laughs> oh yeah yeah because he he knits too um not bob the guidance counselor but anyways Philip frond but but she kind of gets him to do other things things and gets him to go on adventures like when she decided she didn't want to just go to the same restaurant and have you know breadsticks and oh, how'd that work out for her? fish she wants an adventure so she gets flying lessons from upskirt kurt she didn't know it was from upskirt kurt at the time she booked the flying lessons everyone else did and bob apparently has this whole thing with flying so she decides that she's going to go on the flying lessons, do the whole flying lessons anyways. But that created a whole great scene for Bob, this whole adventure. He where rode he a to go, boat all the way out there and then tried to fight the guy. He rescue his wife. 
and then climbed onto the pontoon of the plane while it was in the air and cut the rope, the the tow rope with a fucking cheese knife. No, it was with a a corkscrew. Yeah, but there was the little knife, the cheese knife at the end of the corkscrew. There's a cheese knife at the end of a corkscrew? Well, this was like a Swiss Army knife type thing. That would... I need one of those. I think we have one. Do we? Yeah. We just don't ever use it because a lot of this... cheese knife. Yeah. It's for wine and cheese. (laughs) I love wine and cheese. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, she provides him with that adventure that he never would have had if she hadn't done that. Yeah. And the whole time was the guy trying to trying to sleep with her. She's hey, like, I'm she, married, you idiot. He goes, yeah, yeah so are all the other women yeah, I bring and, to this she island. she had butted him. She was going to punch him, but she's holding wine. She karate chopped him in the throat. <laughs> but yeah, she also doesn't always... This, this could be a whole extra episode, but Bob himself, he is... Um, He's a genuinely good person. He has good intentions, even though... His arch enemy, Jimmy his Pesto. nemesis, more like a frenemy, actually. No, he's been nice. See, again, this is this is another example of when his family is mean to him. They are on a TV show similar to Double Dare called Family Fracas. Bob and the and the kids and Linda win every single time until. And they're trying to win a minivan. Like, you spin the wheel at the end, and you try to win a minivan. And they keep winning all of that fracas Funny, foam. Yeah, fracas foam. And uh, you're just jealous because Gene had frothy diarrhea because he was eating it. <laughs> but finally, the host hated them because the host got them. You know, he had gotten, uh, they had gotten him fired from his previous job. So he cheated, and Jimmy Pesto wins. Jimmy Pesto and his family, they win. And they win the minivan, of course. And then on the way home, because the, the whole thing started because their car broke down on the way to the movies. And that's why they ended up at the TV station. So on the way home, the, the van has a flat tire. And Jimmy doesn't know how to change a tire. So Bob stops to do it. And Jimmy's still giving him shit. Bob's like, are you serious right now? I'm trying to help you because you don't know how to change a tire. And I'm trying to help you. And he's still being an asshole. And his family's like, yeah, it's kind of funny when he does it. Oh, it's funny when he does it. It's like, no, no, no. Go fuck yourself. Like, if I'm there and I'm helping somebody who I know is not my friend, and he's being a dick, and my family's like, yeah, you know what? That's pretty funny. I was like, oh, well, then I'm going to walk home. You can wait here until he fixes the tire, yeah, because and he can drive you home. How about that? His family knew that that, was ben- that type of behavior was beneath Bob. They know Jimmy Pesto is going to pull that kind of shit because he's Right, but they could be on guy. Bob's side but instead of Jimmy Pesto's knew. side. Yeah, but it's, it's like a tough love thing. No, it's, it's not. Love. It's being a jerk thing. No, it's tough love. They could be like, hey, stop being an asshole because... How you know she freaks out and slaps Bob when Gail's all over him, even though Bob doesn't want it. But then she's on Jimmy Pesto's side. She even says that she thinks he's handsome. Punch him right in his handsome face or right in his handsome crotch. She can't help it that Jimmy Pesto's a good-looking guy. However, she even fantasizes about Tom Selleck when Bob's trying to teach her how to use the ice cream machine. However, she often compares Bob to Tom Selleck, and she likes his mustache. Yeah. So there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Linda's. 
they have a very nice it works for them and loving and caring and nurturing relationship it's a relationship that works for them it's very realistic though because you, you in your in your top three you said that you know frank murphy was in your top because he and his family it was very realistic they didn't do a lot of these crazy shenanigans and whatnot it's I mean, Bob gets into plenty of shenanigans. Yeah, but it, but it's all still realistic, but it's realistic for the most part. For the most part. He also likes to anthropomorphize. Yeah, that word. He does that a lot. He does that with some of the food that he's preparing. He does that with the vegetables in the garden that he's growing. Even when he's at the dentist and, you know, he's doing that. Like, he has a very active imagination. And the, the nurse... At the dentist's office, is like, don't touch the instruments, they need to be sterile. And she walks away, and then she comes back, she goes, and those aren't their voices, and walks away. So clearly, he's not the only one who does that. You know, he does it with the with the turkey when he was on absinthe. He puts the turkey in yes. the oven, and the, and the turkey, Lance, asks him to leave the light on because he's scared. So he has to leave the oven light on for Lance. And he mourns Lance's death when he gets shot. But Bob's an interesting guy. So I have this little clip I want to play of some of Bob's greatest hits. It's about a minute long, and you get to hear some of his... We didn't even mention, he's voiced by John H. Benjamin. H. H. John John Benjamin. Benjamin. From Worcester, local guy. Well, local to us. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're, you know, listening in Spain, he's not as as local. But, uh, so yeah, here's a a little montage, about a minute of some of the interactions Bob has had with other characters, you can kind of get what we're talking about. We know you have Critter's bike in there. Give it back now, or I'm going to eat your eyebrows. What? I mean, I'm gonna sta- I'll am gonna stab you. Yeah, Tatas! Woo! Oh, drop. What are they doing with that fish and that air conditioner? Oh, they're putting the fish in the air conditioner. That's a good prank, kind of. No, it's not. Well, agree to disagree. Mm, no. The next person to walk in will be tall, dark, and handsome. I, <clears throat> I'm already here. Huh. I know they said it's supposed to rain tomorrow, but it's really nice out. Maybe it won't rain. Oh, my God. It's raining. It's raining so much. Can I shoot him, Dad? Can I shoot him? No. Maybe. Yes, definitely. Don't tell him we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. I always thought if accounting didn't work out, I could quit and do stand-up. You you could do bad stand-up. That's really popular. No, you said Bob do the tail. I know, because I remember thinking, you can't tail me what to do. <laughs> it looks like it's from China. No, China would be furious about this dragon. Reunions are horrible. High school is horrible. I mean, it would be fine for you. Went to store real quick. Love forever, Bob. That's a perfectly good note. That doesn't sound drunk at all. So you get a little bit of an idea of who Bob is, uh, some of his interactions. Now, when he was trying to get the uh, the bike back, he was doing a favor for a biker named Critter, whose son was born in his restaurant, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. They, he was the leader of the One-Eyed Snakes. So, yeah, there's that that happened. Yeah, it. Bob's a very complex character, and to be honest, it took us a while to really get into the show because we we started watching it and we we're just like, eh, we weren't sure about it. 
And then, but then like, we saw that some of our friends were loving it, and because you know we want to be the cool kids, we decided to give it a, another shot. We revisited. It. I mean, it's an animation show that started on Fox, and Fox well, and has a pretty good track record. Some great voice talent. Oh, Kevin Klein is Mr. Fish Odor, right? Like, like it's Megan Mullally as Gale. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole crew, like Kristen Schaal as Louise. Uh. Sarah Silverman and her sis, twin sister Laura as Andy and Ollie, um, John Roberts as Linda, Eugene Merman as um, Jean, Dan Mintz as Tina. That's another thing. Like they have a lot of men doing women's voices and vice versa. So it's really interesting. Like Larry Murphy, who plays Teddy, also plays. Linda's obnoxious friend Gretchen and like it's really funny when they have scenes together yeah when they're interacting with each other it's like you know you're imagining him like just switching voices and like changing characters I mean which is a if you're a good voice actor that's something that you can do uh and a lot of these guys John Benjamin plays about a dozen different characters well I mean they all do they all but I mean John you can hear John Benjamin but, but yeah, I think that the the character of Bob is just he's so well written. And yeah, the writing crew does a great job. The voice acting is so well done that it's he's just so much fun to watch. And you know, they, there's even there's an episode of Archer where there's like this cro- kind of a crossover. Yeah, he's he's uh, got retrograde amnesia. And he thinks he's a restaurant owner named Bob, and, and like he's the Russians to Linda, and yeah, has and they the have ki- the kids, her, her three her kids. kids, and the Russians come in, and he like ends up using all the implements and the grill to kill the Russians that are trying to kill him, and like he's like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. So, but it's really funny because his voice for Archer is also the same voice he does for Bob for the most part, and he basically uses the same voice. All the time, uh, there's an episode of Family Guy where John Benjamin plays the the uh, convenience store clerk Carl, and in the in the just as a side note, in the Family Guy Star Wars uh, specials, he's Yoda. But there's a, an episode where they're doing like an open mic comedy club night, and he's like, "Oh, do you ever watch that show Bob's Burgers? This is my impression of Bob's from Bob's Burgers. Hi, I'm Bob from Bob's Burgers," and he's like. You ever watch that show Archer? It's like, hey, I'm Archer. It's like, what would it be like if they met? Hi, I'm Archer. Hi, Archer, I'm Bob. Oh, hi, Bob, I'm Archer. I want to see if I can find that clip because that's really funny. Um, But yeah, everybody just does a phenomenal job. Everybody who's associated with this show, um, from the writing to the acting, the artwork is really good. We've covered quite a few of, not quite a few, but... A handful of characters from Bob's Burgers on this show already. And the reason why we're covering Bob right now is because the new season of Bob's Burgers airs on September 29th. And we're really excited. So we decided to grace you all with the presence of, of Bob Belcher. So you're welcome. All right, so this is... this is uh... All right, you guys like impressions? Here's that guy Bob from Bob's Burgers. Hi, I'm Bob from Bob's Burgers. How about that show, Archer? You watch that show, Archer? Here's that guy, Archer. Hi, I'm Archer from that show, Archer. Now, what if those guys met? Hey, Archer, it's Bob. Hey, Bob, 
It's Archer. Yeah, so... <laughs> but here's the thing. Because he does voice... the same voice for all right, three characters. Right, but the voice works in both contexts. And on home movies. Like, that's... He was a, I think he was the coach on home and movies. And Wet Hot American Summer. And you've probably seen him in the Arby's commercials. Yes. So, John Benjamin is one of those guys that... He's got a very distinct voice, but he makes it work for his acting, especially where it's, you know... The... I mean, he can also alter his voice as well, which oh, is no, why he can, can do multiple... I mean, he's Jimmy Jr. Pesto. Right, but what I'm saying is he's, you know, for so many different uh, so many different actors, they have to alter their voice for all the different characters they play, but his voice fits perfectly with Carl, fits perfectly with Archer, fits perfectly with Bob, so he doesn't have to change that. He Three totally different characters... Completely on like way different ends of each spectrum, and like, like from Archer to Bob, like those guys aren't even in the same like league, you know, same sport, let alone the same ballpark. But he uses the same voice, and it works for him. Like that's a special type of talent. I'm just that's all I'm saying. Like you know, we talked about Maurice Lamarche last week, you know, and he alters his voice to do dozens of characters. Whereas Bob, I mean, John Benjamin <laughs> as Bob is also, you know, he alters his acting style to fit the different characters. That's all I'm saying. So I think that's a pretty good uh, amount of Bob, Bob talk. So I think what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. Bob babble. Yeah. Bobble. I don't know. And, uh, when we come back, we'll uh, wrap things up. We have some battle results and uh... a lot of cool stuff that's going down. So stay tuned, kids. Yeah. So uh, we'll be right back. Hey, we are the derailers, Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean, and you can join us once every week for a brand new derailment. It includes sidetracking, randomness. We just can't stay on topic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the derailers. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Derailers! Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday's podcast. Buckle it up. Buckle it up. Buckle it up or you'll die. So that was uh that was Bob from Bob not meeting Archer from Archer, but it's Bob from Bob's Burgers. Uh that's the little song that he likes to sing with the kids when they get into the car, you know, to make sure that they've got their seatbelt on, because Bob is all about safety. Yeah, safety. So we had a battle. We did, and now we have results. So, I can I can share those battle results if you'd like. I'm looking at what you have written down. Are you taking into account what happened on the twits? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So last week we threw down "Beware the Ides of Lamarche" in honor of Patsy meeting Maurice Lamarche. Which character voiced by Maurice Lamarche would win? Uh, the location was the Warner Brothers movie lot in the Animaniacs universe, and the victor to first uh, victor first to knock out all opponents, Aka creates circling birdies like the woohoo woohoo woohoo, and you could choose from Dizzy Devil from Tiny Toons, Calculon from Futurama, Brain from Pinky and the Brain, 
or Egon Spangler from the animated Ghostbusters series. And I kind of feel like this is maybe no surprise. Egon Spangler won. Yeah, I I mean that's I mean I voted for Calculon. Not too far off was Brain from Pinky and the Brain though. Yeah, yeah. He got a he got a lot of votes on Twitter. Um Ripkin from the Derailers said I'm also a Kiff Croker fan. Kiff is great. I I agree. He's probably one of the coolest uh characters on Futurama. He's Futurama has a lot of great characters though, but well, um, it was difficult trying to narrow down which Maurice LaMarche characters to include in this battle because there's so many of them. Well, I, I wanted to include Calculon basically for this clip right here. This kind of encapsulates who Calculon is. And now, ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, a Calculon. <clears throat> hey, this one's for the new couple. It's your day. It's all about you. Who's that singing at your wedding? It's Calculon, Calculon, Calculon. Yeah, so he's singing at a wedding, like, and like that's that's his uh, that's his whole his whole thing. It's like, oh, it's all about you, but he turns out to make it about him. I don't think Calculon like is much of a fighter. That's why I chose Calculon. He would be very dramatic about it, though. He would do a dramatic... Pause! Yes. That's his signature move. You just scared the cat. (laughs) She has dramatic pause, too. Yeah, she has very dramatic pause. So we have a bunch of really fun stuff coming up. Not only do we have some really cool episodes planned for you guys, stay tuned to learn more about that, but our buddy Ben Goldsmith has a Kickstarter that's ending on Sunday, August 25th. That is for his Ch- uh, Chongo, Chongo comic book. Uh, Behind the Broken Veil. Right. And uh, we will be posting links both on Facebook and on the Twitters as well. So if you can give anything at all to help back this Kickstarter, please do. It's um, it's an all or nothing thing. If he doesn't reach his goal and they're like 77% there, if he doesn't reach his goal, it's like not going to get made. At this point, uh, this time where that- $900 we're, away. Yeah, $950 away at, at the time we're yeah. recording this. So he's so close to his goal. So if you can give anything at all, please help him out. Like I said- we Or at least be, share it. Yeah, or at least share. Even Sharing is caring. Even if so. you can't give, share. Because that way we get more eyeballs on this. Ben's a really good dude. If you uh, listened to him on our episode last week or a few weeks ago when we had him on as a guest talking about Chango the Broken Veil, uh, there's a lot of really cool perks for this. This is definitely a passion project for him. And I'd really like to see this come to fruition. So yeah, it's really, really awesome. We have backed the project. We have, we hope and we don't have back. any damn money. Yeah, we here. Right. Yeah, Pod- podcasting pays. I've been sitting here making. Riches. We've been making soup out of shoes. That's that's what we've been doing. Is that where all my shoes are going? That's where all my shoes are going. God damn it! Oh, the athlete's foot gives it a kick. I see what you did there. (laughs) Anyways, we are also going to be at Rock and Shock on October 11th, 12th, and 13th. 
That's at the DCU Center in Worcester. We are going to be there along with some of our fun cohorts in the Dorkening Network. Yep. And a crazy slew of guests are going to be there. Bruce Campbell. Right? Like headliner Bruce Campbell. This is his first time in Worcester at Rock and Shock. It's crazy. 15 years. This is the first time he's been there. And for the 15th anniversary of Rock and Shock, this is shaping out to be a great show. So definitely... Come on by, come see us, get your tickets, go see Bruce Campbell. And there's more more guests being announced, right? so check like, back you know, every couple of days at rockandshock.com. still making announcements, which is crazy. Kane Hodder, Felissa Rose, Ray Wise, like there's a ton of good like, guests. You are so going to get your money's worth to go to the show. Not to mention the vendors. They have not announced the vendors yet, but every year there are some crazy, 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 amazing vendors there. Fiona should be there. Yeah, Fiona's it's not, Fright. It's not Fiona's Frights anymore. Uh, frightfully it's Clean. Frightfully Clean. Deadly Grounds Coffee will be there. I'm, I'm hope- pretty sure. Yeah, I'm hoping um, Brutalities is there Brutalities as well. Brutalities is good. They have some great tea and stuff. Uh, uh, Jerry Pesh from last week's yeah, episode. Yeah, he's going to be there with his artwork and his crazy light show displaying his metal artwork which is super cool i'm hoping source point press is going to be there uh but if not vinegar syndrome will be there maybe rough house publishing is going to be i'm sure rough house publishing will be um so uh, new england England horror Horror writers Writers. (laughs) you know so a lot of friends a lot of family and a lot of really cool stuff so johnny wolfenstein will be there yes (laughs) along with the guys from Trick or Treat Radio, Radio and the Deadites. So it's it's going to be a good Michael time. Michael Ravenshadow will be there, but don't let that deter you. So just remember, he'll be there. Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. So uh, what else we got? We got something else coming up, don't so, we? Well, I mean, we have a lot of things coming up that we will definitely divulge as they come through. The Shauna um, Shea Memorial Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few episodes ago, our guest Skip Shea, he runs a film festival in honor of his daughter who passed the Shauna Shea Film Festival. That is, I believe, the first weekend in October. As soon as we get more information on that, we will definitely share. Um, we also have uh, Rhode Island Comic Con coming up beginning of November. There's also Super Mega Fest coming up. I believe it's the third weekend, the 16th and 17th of November as well. And that is at the is that the Sheraton in Framingham. Yes. So where yeah. uh, Scaricon was. Right. So pretty cool location. It's uh, in a hotel that looks like a castle. So that's really cool. Um, and there's also another really cool event coming up. It's a first time event. It is the Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. That is going to be Saturday, November 9th at Platinum City Gaming in uh, Taunton, Massachusetts. It's a $10 admission. Doors open at 6. It is a film festival, and they're currently looking for submissions or potential vendors, anybody who would like to work a booth at this event. And believe it or not, Submissions are free. It is free to make a submission. It is free to be a vendor at this event. We will be there covering the event for Throwdown Thursday. We're also going to have some guests on who can give you much more information about like the the, the really in-depth details of but all this. We will be posting information about this. And if you are interested in getting your film to them, 
uh, get in touch with us and we will definitely point you in the right direction. So if you have a short film or I believe even full length film trailers, um, trailers for, for any of your uh, films, a lot of stuff, yeah. um, let us know and we can point you in the right direction to be featured at the dead of autumn horror festival. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be sharing these, you know, these, all these events, you know, as, as they're, getting closer we'll be sharing guests and, and that event is sponsored by bmg events yep. and it came from the 508 productions that's right and uh if you've been watching you know some of my movies i just recently watched one of the films from uh actually the only film that has been released so far uh one last kill which was uh very well done and uh, i'm very much looking forward to their uh their production of the box, which is, uh, which is the second part of this series, so I'm very interested to see where that goes and how it connects to the first film. Yeah, there's definitely a, a cool supernatural element to it, and while it is a low budget film, it again is not. It doesn't have the feel of a low budget film. It's got this very gritty, grimy, like grindhouse, like love that. Uh, exploitational horror feel to it. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of one last kill and, uh, James Lamond, who's the, uh, director is, uh, an awesome guy. So definitely check them out. Uh, we met them at rock and track last year, you know, so they'll probably be at rock and track this year. Right. So definitely cut, cut long story short, come to rock and shock kids. It's going to be a great time. Right. So, I don't know. I think I think that's about it. Do you have any other uh, fun stuff to talk about, or uh, not that we can talk about right now? We that's do true. have some stuff in the works. We have a really amazing October shaping up, so I'm I'm so excited to put that in motion. And, and it's going to be super for you guys busy. to listen to to what we what we've got going on because we have a really cool series. Yep. That we are going to be doing for the yeah, Halloween we, season this year. We picked our uh, our theme this For year. For Ashtober. Yes. It'll probably uh-uh. start in September and go through November, to be honest with you. Because it's... I think it's pretty cool. So, I think with that being said, we, we will, will see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. If this will ever play. E- Let's try this again. We Thursday. will See you next Thursday. Thursday.